Welcome to Whoology Episode 1. On this episode, we're going to talk Deep Breath, which is Episode 1 of Season 8 of Doctor Who. We have a new doctor. Things are excited. And I am joined by my wife, Laura. Oh, hi. Who is an incredibly huge Doctor Who fan, like I am. Um, And I'm your host, Fizz. Uh, Okay, so everyone's excited because we get a new doctor. Peter Capaldi, this is the first, I mean, well, this is technically the second episode we've seen him on. You know, we just got that, like, basically one or two lines from the end of season seven, or from the Christmas episode. Which were really hard to tell anything from. Yeah, exactly. Like, what what is his personality? What's that like? Apparently he doesn't like the color of his kidneys. Is that a big deal? I don't know. Uh, Is he going to like the color of everything? Who knows? Um, Yeah, we're all like, what does it mean? What does it mean? (laughs) And then we have, like, forever, it seems like, to uh, just... Yeah, how long was that? Well, I mean, it was the Christmas episode, so it's been eight months, eight yeah, almost nine been months, a long time. almost nine months. Mm-hmm. We could have probably had a child in the time it's, it's been. True. So we so instead gestated we gestated a human baby. Instead, we've been gestating what we're going to get with Peter Capaldi. Um, I guess Stephen Moffat um, and the rest of the people who are deciding what's going to happen with Doctor Who have been gestating Peter Capaldi into. What we're going to get, so um, it did not disappoint. They yeah, didn't disappoint me anyway. Well, I'm gonna say I, I think the 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 reviews are mostly positive uh, for him, and um, I didn't really see anything I didn't like. I mean, I'm excited to see where the show is going from mm-hmm. here. I think I'm especially excited because season seven is my least favorite season, and I think it's because. I didn't like the overarching theme. The impossible girl thing didn't do anything for me. And I didn't like Clara, um, which is interesting because I really liked Clara in this episode. So they did some some cool new things with her that I'm really excited to see continue, even though she's leaving now. So that might be short and sweet. But um, anyway, well, I didn't like season seven, so I was, I was really afraid that I wasn't going to like this episode. Really afraid. Yeah, but what you're saying, what you're saying about Clara, I think, is indicative to lots of people's complaints about Stephen Moffat's use of companions. They mm-hmm. tend to be almost fangirly. Um, that's not completely true. I mean, we definitely see some times where they step up and do what we expect from companions, which you know, ground the Doctor, make him more than he could be on his own, despite you know all of his wonderful awesomeness. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this portends maybe very good things for where the companions might be going under Moffat as well. Yeah, so. So, like, so deep breath. Like I said, episode one, no one really knows what to expect. Uh, what were your thoughts? Like, what, what did you take away from this first episode? Oh, I, um, I think I was really digging this episode because it reminded me of what it feels like, for me anyway, to, to believe in God or to follow God. Like, just going down Clara's journey, um, I wrote some notes. Um, yeah, I really felt connected to to this because it, so okay. So when she first uh, comes on screen, she's experiencing something totally unexpected and inconceivable to her, and she can't see beyond what is happening in front of her and the loss she's experienced to any higher plan. So uh, I definitely feel that way in my walk with God. Then she needed community to help her remember why she traveled with a doctor, get her through seasons of doubt, remind her of past experiences to help her um, continue to have faith, continue to believe. And then she, uh, in one of my favorite scenes of this episode, she had to step out in total faith when she, when it looked like she was completely abandoned by the doctor. 
and she just had to believe that he wasn't going to do that, that he was still who he said he was. And then at the end, um, there's a, a, a little bit that I um, I didn't care too much. Like, I wasn't 100% on board with this, but the doctor, the Matt Smith's doctor, calls Clara. And um, although I kind of felt like that was more for the fans of Matt Smith than it was for the for the show, for the plot of that, for that episode. Um, I felt like it was, it did fit into this whole theme about following God because, um, even though he doesn't always look gentle, he is gentle and he is kind. And that's why we travel with him quote air quotes, um, in the first place. So I really connected to that whole kind of journey that Clara was going through in this episode. And I think that's why I liked it so much. Well, that's the thing. There were lots of, I don't want to necessarily call it heavy-handed moments, but there were so many thematic things going on in this episode that really stood out to me, more so than most any Doctor Who episode, even the ones that are, like, this Doctor Who episode is about X, Mm -hmm. you know, or this episode is about Y. Like, this one had so many things going through it, it reminded me that it was was still Stephen Moffat who was in control. I was like, this Mm -hmm. is a very Stephen Moffat episode. There's so much going on. Uh, You know, I wanted a little direction. And um, while Clara was taking you through a journey of, you know, what you worship, I would say that for the average person, that's exactly uh, what I thought this episode was doing, except I'm assuming everyone else is worshiping Doctor Who. (laughs) Because to me, this, this episode was a step-by-step hand-holding of new Whovians through regeneration. Mm-hmm. Because... I can see that. I, I mean, like, you know, not, not that we're super special, because we haven't watched every single thing that, you know, every single Doctor Who that's ever been out there. But, I mean, we, but we, you know, we've seen for, for, since the 2005 kind of... Uh, I don't want to call it a reboot, but you know the, the new the new section of series regeneration of Rege- the show or regeneration of the show, <laughs> um, you know, and and so you know we 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 were there before Matt Smith, and so we we knew when Matt Smith came along what that was like. We knew what that transition was like. We'd already gone through like David Tennant's, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, well, Painful. Chris, Chris, yeah, Painful Christopher, Christopher Eccleston's regeneration into David Tennant and mm-hmm. then David Tennant's, we, we, we experienced that. But I, but this show has become incredibly popular, um, ever since Matt Smith has been there, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, Matt sp- specifically Stephen Moffat taking over or just, you know, the time and place it finally called out word of mouth spread. So lots of people, I think, have only experienced Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. They haven't. Uh, lots of the fans haven't experienced a regeneration. And what we have with Clara is like basically walking the audience through regeneration and being like, "I know you like Matt Smith. I know he was young and vibrant and funny. And the reason that tons of young people probably like it was they identify with that character. He was he was a lot of fun." Um, but he, you know, he was intense in time, and mm-hmm. he was really engaging. And I think he was a character for a certain generation. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, okay, we're moving to Peter Capaldi. We're moving to an old Doctor again. Mm-hmm. Um, we're probably going to shift. I'm guessing the tone of the show a lot, mm-hmm. and we need to make you understand why this is happening. Yeah. Even though, uh, okay, so even though I can see that, I still appreciated from like a self-proclaimed Whovian, you know, standpoint, 
I appreciated that they were saying, look, it's not, there's something more. There's something more than the wacky fun, like, oh, fl- we're flirting, it's a little romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something darker, there's something deeper here. Um, so I appreciated that, like, reminder that there's more to the doctor, there's more to this, even the companion doctor relationship. Um, than maybe what you've seen sometimes in Matt Smith and his companions. Um, I, and I love that, like, at the end, um, Peter Capaldi's doctor says, I don't think I'm the, like, I'm not the hugging type. Because Matt Smith was always, like, putting his hands on his companions' faces and kissing their foreheads and, like, like some weird combination between, like, pseudo-boyfriend and fatherly figure. I mean, he was very, like, hands-on, touchy-feely. So it's, you know, it's... Yeah, it's a stark difference, and I appreciate that it's that they're like setting the boundary. You know, that it's like this is different, and I liked that, like they were showing that not only through Clara, but they were showing it through the Doctor too, because the Doctor kept saying throughout the episode that his former self was trying to tell him something. You know, mm-hmm. like I chose this face for a reason. Um, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to tell myself something. Why can't I just come out and say it? And so I think it was it was doing what you were talking about in a couple of different ways, and um, and maybe it didn't bother me because I'm so excited that that's <laughs> the direction, you know? <laughs> yeah, like oh, maybe yeah. I wanted to tell new fans too, like, look, there's there's more than Matt Smith's run. Like, though I liked Matt Smith, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's there's more to it, you know. There, it's deeper. It goes deeper. You know, it's richer. So give it a shot. Yeah, I, I'm really ex- like I said, I'm super excited for the direction it's going. Uh, I'm glad we kind of mentioned this at the beginning of this episode that maybe we're going to see uh, companions that do not just follow the doctor because like he's cute mm-hmm. or he's accidentally flirty. Um, like you know, people are going to follow him because he wants to do something and they want to be on board with that, mm-hmm. or they're wowed and amazed. And or like for Rose, that it was like, once I've seen how much is out there, how can I go back to my puny little life? You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't even, sometimes it wasn't even about the doctor. And and honestly, the beginning of the Clara, you know, Capaldi doctor relationship reminds me a little bit of Rose with uh, Christopher Eccleston's uh, doctor. Mm-hmm. Because Chris Eccleston was pretty abrasive. And Rose oh, yeah. would say... I mean, she would come right out and say, you're being really rude. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I can't believe that you, you know, you're being so flippant about human life. Or, you know, she would call him out. So, um, so yeah, companions have had different reasons that they're traveling with him. Not just being enamored with the doctor. So, Which is kind of crazy because I always thought, I mean, I think Chris Freckles is a pretty good looking dude. Mm -hmm. But, like, the way they had that written, you know, he was always pretty abrasive. Like, he kept people at arm's length. Mm -hmm. And so you never really thought the companions were... With him, well, I guess we really had really had Rose for the most part um, as a consistent companion. You know, she was never really with him because you know she was in love with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was like she was enamored with the concept of him, but never really like you know him. And then once David Tennant came along, that was almost awkwardly, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a relationship, and then you know so on and so forth uh, to where, like I said, we have the young, vibrant, good-looking. Big chinned Matt Smith, you know, um, chinny, chinny. Uh, so, like, anyway, so I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes. And mm-hmm. I probably meant to say this at the beginning, but we will are obviously going to mention spoilers. So, if we do ruin an episode and you didn't realize from the first ten minutes that we were going to talk spoilers of everything in this episode Sorry. to talk to to talk about the themes and whatnot, then well, 
spoilers. <laughs> so, um, I, th- I think uh, what you're saying about uh, Clara going on this journey, uh, just reminding you of kind of like what faith looks like mm-hmm. and her amazing faith in the doctor. It it didn't hit me at first because because she looked like she was always so enamored in like a boyfriend girlfriend role mm-hmm. with with Matt Smith's doctor that when uh, Madame Vastra actually calls her out, I was like, well, she kind of does have a point. Yeah. You know, and Claire gets indignant and stands up and, you know, gives her little speech about how, you know, she doesn't get enamored with boys and she, you know, has better reasons. I was like, eh, not really buying it based on, you know, mm-hmm. the season I, or the half season, you know, that she's been there so far. And that's a little bit of me, you know, putting what I saw on top of it. But I think the great part is that throughout the rest of the episode, she does, you know, she shows the struggle of trying to uh, believe the words that came, you know, mm. like she 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 said something um, to make it real, and then you know her actions eventually followed yeah. uh, because of her belief, and I thought that was really great, um, and it ended up in a really great place, um, and it did help that she had that final nudging um, from Matt Smith, but uh, I was just curious uh, where, where you ended up with a doctor specifically because I noticed that all through the thing, and you mentioned this too. Like, you know, he, he talks about his face changing. Mm-hmm. He talks about, like, you know, um, like, who frowned this face. You know, like, coming, coming to terms with what where he's been, where he's going. And to me, one of the things that I really like about what Stephen Moffat does, even though I think it gets messy at times, mm-hmm. is that almost everything in the episode thematically ties in. Mm-hmm. So almost every speech he gives to bad guys is really about something else. Yeah. And, and things like that, and so I I really love when he finally sat down and started having a conversation with uh, what the credits call the half face man, you know, our hmm. a, a robot trying to, or, our, yeah, a robot trying to become human. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this conversation where uh, he's talking about how much the half face man's replaced and how there's nothing left. Um, he, you know, he's like uh, he's like a broom if you replace the the you know the handle, and then you know you even if it's a new handle. And then you replace the head. Uh, it's not even the same broom. He's like, oh, but you can still sweep with it. But let's forget that yeah, part. Yeah, let's forget about that. And, and, and I think that's really funny because of all the things he said in this episode, I was like, wow. That, I mean, that's the doctor. The doctor mm-hmm. has replaced himself, you know, 12 times. Mm-hmm. And he's telling this other person that once you've replaced physically all your parts, like you can't be who you were at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think... It's one of those weird situations where he's 100% right and he's 100% wrong. Because mm-hmm. the Doctor is not the Doctor from 12 regenerations ago. Mm-hmm. He's seen so many things. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Vaster's the one that says, like, you know, he's seen stars implode and he's been around forever and he's gone all these places and seen all these things. So he can't be the same person after experiencing all that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, even though he's changed bodies and he's experienced all this stuff, at the heart he's still the doctor. Mm-hmm. And that's what um that's what I love because that's what Clara is eventually coming to realize. That even though, you know, she doesn't look like the face that she recognizes, the heart of it is still the doctor. Mm-hmm. So that's you know that was the beautiful thing about this one speech because like I said, how are you a hundred percent right? And 100% wrong. Yeah. You know. Yeah, there were a couple of parts like that. A couple of 
really well-written speeches or monologues that um, caught my attention. And that, for sure, is one of them. And I like how it ties in at the end, too, where he says to Clara, he, he says, just look at me. You know, just see me. I just want you to see me. And um, and she gets close, and she... Um, and she is able to, you know, somehow see in him and his eyes, whatever, okay, this is the man that I've been traveling with. You know, he's not completely gone. He's still in there. Um, and he's proven to her over the episode that he still has some of the, um, at least some of the heart things that she loves about him. You know, that he will always have her back. And that he cares about, I mean, he has this whole speech about how he cares about the little people. That the little people are never little to him. They're always important to him. So, and <laughs> thank you, Dreyer, for <laughs> interrupting us. Um, yeah, I and I got to hand it to, I mean, I think Moffat is a, is a really incredible writer. But I think the word messy is a good, that's a good word for some of his episodes um, under himself as showrunner. I feel like... Um, I feel like maybe Davies um, forced him to to be sparing, forced him to take out maybe some self-indulgent things that he put in there that um, he just thought were clever or funny but didn't really serve a purpose. And so there was definitely some of that in this episode that I didn't care for. There are some wacky, zany sound effects <laughs> in this episode that I just kept thinking, why is that in there? This is like a Looney Tune sound effects. <laughs> um, but he, so yeah, there's some messiness in there, I think. There's some extraneous things that um, make the story feel a little bit wobbly. And it, it just, if it was tightened. Like, like wobbly or wibbly wobbly? Just wobbly. Just wobbly. <laughs> I think if it was tighter, um, I mean, there's there's so much there. There's so much good stuff there that um it could just be better but yeah there were a lot of there were a lot of lines in this one that really caught my attention i loved when um when capaldi's doctor was talking about his eyebrows how his eyebrows were crossed they were crosser than the rest of his face and um they were independent and i love that line that you mentioned who frowned this face for me Mm -hmm. just some some great wordplay well, yeah, I like when he, because I also like when he looked in the mirror and he said, don't look in the mirror like it's furious mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. he's not really uh, putting two and two together yet. Um, yeah, he doesn't know himself. Yeah. He doesn't recognize himself. So, I mean, there is something about like trying to reclaim your identity and trying to really understand who you are because they do they do heavily suggest that like the doctor does have some maybe subconscious control over his regeneration. That was interesting. I don't. I don't think I've watched an episode before. Maybe that's true in earlier episodes, you know, like like in the 60s or something that I don't know about. But I don't think I'd ever heard that concept that he can... Well, I, I think, thought it was just random. No, I think I think up until recently, um, it, 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 it has been completely random. I mean, it's been portrayed as random, at mm-hmm. least through the 2005 on series. You know, oh, don't know what we're going to get. Now, mm-hmm. hope I'm a ginger. You know, because yeah, yeah. wouldn't you think that if he had some subconscious control, he would have been a ginger by now, yeah. you know? Um, or at <laughs> least, yeah, you know, like there would have been like, Capaldi would have had some kind of red streak or something. Like <laughs> but, you know, but this, oh, I think so this maybe been, just with this regeneration, he's been able to but, choose that you're saying well that, that's what we don't know right maybe he's always been able to um but now they're actually you know saying that you know it's not like a 
overt choice, but hmm. maybe it's a, like a subconscious choice. You know, it represents like what people need to see. Like mm-hmm. Lady Vastra points, or uh, Madame Vastra points out again. Um, you know, he he shows you that he shows the world the face they need to see. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right, because she suggests that he chose that too. That he chose mm-hmm. to be young because he wanted to be accepted. Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. So, I mean, not that David Tennant was really old, but, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but either way, I'm really excited to see where the series is going to go, mainly because, especially for a podcast that calls itself Whoology, we're going to be dealing, you know, throughout uh, the season with, you know, some of the themes, some of the where they kind of meet theology, where mm-hmm. they, you know, where you're going to see pieces of religion, bits of wisdom. This episode, specifically, what it seems like it's setting up for the entire season, this concept of promised land, heaven. Mm-hmm, that's um, going to be interesting. You know, and uh, the half-faced man keeps saying, I'm trying to get to the promised land. I'm going to get to the promised land. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm in search of paradise. And then the doctor continually saying, there's no such place. There's mm-hmm. no such place. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm sure not going to get yeah, there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. going to get there either. So let's not all be disappointed. Um, well, that... I find it rare that we get that overt um, That's true. of something. I mean, you know, like I said, you can go back to um, the Satan pit where, but I still always felt like David Tennant's doctor was still really vague. He's like, you know, that's something that you can believe in or, mm-hmm. that's, you know, I prefer ideas, you know, things like Sci- that. Yeah. Well, he, his belief was science. Yeah. And so, you know, so, but there's never been like a, flat out like indignant like it doesn't exist Mm -hmm. stop you know and so that's going to be really interesting if i won't spoil this on this episode but uh anyone who's interested especially with this concept of promised land or paradise or at the very end um where you know she's like this is heaven Mm -hmm. um if you go look at the episode list for this season, I think we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be continually going in that direction, and we're gonna have some very interesting conversations, especially uh, later in mm-hmm. season eight. So I'm very excited for that. Um, and to wrap up this episode, I wanted to just hit on uh, our likes and dislikes. So what was your what, what what did you not like about this episode specifically? I just felt like there were some gimmicky things that were in there just for laughter's sake. And um, and it wasn't that they weren't funny. I mean, a lot of it had to do with Strax, like mm-hmm. little scenes that he was in. And I love him. And I think that there's a lot of comedy there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even necessarily think those things were were poorly written. But they just felt like they were taking you out of the story into this little scene just to... I don't know, just to be funny or something. And I just feel like the show itself lends, you know, I mean, it lends itself to comedy anyway. There's Mm -hmm. no reason to, like, step aside from what's happening to create that. So that felt a little bit extraneous to me, not unnecessary to me. Mm. Well, I I agree. I mean, there is some stuff. uh, While I do think Doctor Who lends itself to be very comedic Mm -hmm. and especially to lighten the mood. Um, when things get a little heavy, I, I did feel like this episode had some things that I would almost say were slapstick. Yeah, which is just wacky. I know. I can't even. Re- I can't even think of another episode in which like that. I mean, that happens you heard, just for this. You heard boinking of- noises. Yeah. Anyway. But- <laughs> I mean, were they like trying something new? <laughs> if so, like please stop. <laughs> it's not working. Um. Well, but okay. So I'll switch mine tonally as well. Mine. My biggest dislike, and I think it was a dislike because I felt like I was supposed to like it so much, 
was the the veil scene mm-hmm. um, between Madame Vast- um, Vastra and uh, Clara mm-hmm. because to me it like there were so many good metaphors or conversations that were alluding to so many things that were going on with the doctor or the history of the doctor mm-hmm. or the relationship between Clara and the doctor you know that I'm like do we really need something that was that heavy handed mm-hmm. and almost like Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, when did you stop wearing your veil? When you stop noticing it. <laughs> Boom. I, I, I was waiting yeah. for Lady Vastra just to do like the mind blown <laughs> hand motions, you know? And yeah, Clara it was being, like almost absurd. Um, so yeah. like like I said, I realize a lot of people liked it, um, but there were so many, there were so many better things that happened in this episode. That could have felt more natural, that, maybe. That. that I think did feel more natural, so mm-hmm. I didn't end up liking that very much. But mm-hmm. let's end on a positive note. What were, or what was, what was your biggest like of this episode? I think that, um, that in one episode, a companion that, pro- I, I mean, I would say has been my least favorite companion by far, mm-hmm. um, is suddenly somebody that's very I'm very interested in and feel very connected to through this I mean through one episode I think that's pretty remarkable and I've never thought that um what's her face I can't think of her name now Clara yeah who plays Clara what's her name oh Jean Louise Coleman yes I think Coleman is not a bad actress but I think that her character has been like a caricature she's mm-hmm. just been this like you know you, I mean you look at Clara and you think who is she? Like, what does she even stand for? I don't even know anything about her except that she's, like, peppy and fun and everyone loves her and, you know. And, um, but that, I mean, she was real in this episode. And I'm I'm excited to see her continue in that way. And, I mean, I think that, to me, that's why I didn't really mind the veil scene so much is because it was in that scene that Vaster was basically saying who are you? Like, we've never even seen the real you. You know, Mm -hmm. like, you're judging him for being vulnerable in front of you, and you won't even be vulnerable in front of us. And so, finally, they forced her to be vulnerable. And and then from that point on, you know, all of her flaws are coming, you know, coming out, and the doctor is is unabashed about pointing out she's a control freak, or Mm -hmm. she plays games, you know. And and although it makes her angry, she... You know, she's not running away from it. She's not stomping off. So she's coming to terms maybe with some things about her that aren't as pretty as we've, you know, as she's seemed on the outset. Mm-hmm. So she was a like a real character. And I, I think she can be a compliment to the doctor in the way that I like to see companions complimenting the doctor. Cool. Um, so for my like, um, I went with another concept that I think... I've heard a lot of people complain about, but for some reason it completely worked for me. So the, the exact- dinosaur. No, no. <laughs> More dinosaurs. Okay, okay. Everyone, I don't think many people <laughs> like the dinosaur, um, but it wasn't the dinosaur. It was it was the phone call from Matt Smith, mm. um, and I think I liked it because of the themes that we talked about earlier of like you know how hard it is to follow something when you can't it doesn't look like what you wanted to, mm-hmm. but you get like this gentle nudging. Um, from a, a a very comforting voice hmm. that reminds you of the truth, hmm. and 
I, I like that. I love the scene where, like, she's basically got both doctors, you know, both iterations of the doctor, and she's kind of talking to both of them at the same time. Yeah. And she kind of comes to turn, you know, she's It's seeing, helping her bridge the yeah, gap. Yeah, it's helping her bridge. And I do, I did not particularly care for Matt Smith's goodbye. Yeah. I felt like, compared to even Eccleston's goodbye, um... Matt Smith kind of got cheated. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I don't know, I, I feel like it was a real big miss. And him getting to be on screen one more time in a very heartfelt, mo- you know, passing the torch moment, it just completely did it for me. Hmm. Um, so I really like to see him on one time outside of what, what was the last thing that I had seen him in. Right. Um, so, it, it like I said, it completely worked for me. I loved how it bridged that gap. I loved how it was the last nudge that Clara needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love the fact that, you know, we got to see one last piece of Matt Smith being, like, the sincere version of Matt Smith's doctor. Yeah. The reasons why people liked him. Yeah. I mean, he was very likable. He did mm-hmm. a, a great job as the doctor. So, that, that was probably my biggest like. So, with that, we... Well, and I think... Uh-oh. Nope. Suffice it to say, we didn't. Neither of us chose Capaldi's iteration of the Doctor as our favorite thing, but I think both of us would say that we enjoyed it, right? Capaldi, yeah, oh yeah, he, yeah, him as the Doctor. Well, so. once 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 he actually kind of became the Doctor, mm-hmm. once he started remembering who he was. Before then, I was a little confused. Like I said, there was a lot of distractions. I couldn't tell what I. I I had some issues there, too, but... Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think it's supposed to feel that way. It was yeah. like that for David Tennant in the beginning. He was like, am I the sort of person who does this? You know, yeah. do I, you know, am I the sort of person that pushes a big red button? <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think it was meant in some ways to feel like that, like at the end, that he was finally, you were saying, oh, this is who he is. Yeah. Like, he's suddenly coming into his own. Well, I, I typically enjoy that journey a little bit more. I enjoyed it a lot with David Tennant. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it pretty well with Matt Smith as well. I didn't really enjoy that journey very much with Capaldi, but once Capaldi stepped into his Capaldiness, mm-hmm. um, once he put on the sweet coat, that's right. Um, I, I really liked. I really liked his demeanor. Um, so, I, as I said, I'm very much looking forward to the rest of the season. Um, and I'm waiting for you to interrupt me again. I'm not going to interrupt you. Okay. So you told me to interrupt you. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, in general. But <laughs> not when I'm going to end the show uh, right on time. Uh, so, anyway, thanks for uh, joining us, uh, being a part of this conversation to a certain degree. And letting us geek out about Doctor letting Who. Letting us geek out about Doctor Who. Um, we'll we'll kind of wrap up there. If you want to connect uh, with us or the show, uh, this is kind of like a sub-podcast of Real World Theology, R-E-E-L World Theology. So to find this podcast, you can either find it on um, iTunes at Whoology, or you can find us at www.realworldtheology.com slash Whoology. Uh, you can find, like I said, you can find more about this there, any kind of show notes or fun things we find. Laura is actually um, slowly working her way through um, 2005 on with some written reviews to kind of catch up to where we start now. Um, I mean, it looks slowly in this time stream, but I'm actually done with them, like in another, you know, universe, parallel universe. Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm just having a hard time remembering in what universe I've written them. Oh, yeah. I can understand why that would be very difficult. So. <laughs> Do you just keep telling yourself that? <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I said, if, if you'd enjoy this at all, uh, 
just check that stuff out. Uh, keep listening. We'll be doing every time they put an episode out. We'll be putting an episode out, and maybe we'll even do a couple in between because we realize that the Doctor Who seasons are far too short. Mm-hmm. So, until next adventure, we just want to remind you: always take a banana to a party. Always. Bye bye. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>